Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Armchair Booking Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host. My name is Steve Barber, and joining me is the the man who has an internal non-release clause, and that is my friend Dwayne Davis. That's right. Hey, everybody. <laughs> That's right. Because uh, unlike you know the people who today there's been another mass release in the WWE, and and I will give the kind of a, I don't know if you want to call it a warning, a heads up or what, because some of this information might be coming in real time while we're talking, but we do have a list of people and it is just absolutely astonishing the number of people that they released again. Yeah. Yeah. And not only the number of people they released, especially this time of the year, you know, pandemic aside is the holiday season. Mm-hmm. These people have families, you know, and it, it always sucks to lose your job, but I can't imagine losing my job this time of year. Yeah. And I know for most scrupulous business people, yes, it is a business. And yes, it sucks, though, when you do have to let people go. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, you if you if you have a conscience at all, you know you're hurting some people. And so it's never a good time to release somebody, but definitely don't do it right before Christmas. Right. You know, and, and that's what, you know, or right before Thanksgiving, yeah. you know, right. Like you said, right before all the holidays, you know, Thanksgiving, Christmas, Hanukkah. I mean, yeah, the Christmas where families are getting together, but now they're going to be stressed in Christmas and is, is already the time between Thanksgiving and new year's is already the most stressful time of the year for a lot of people. Yes. And now you just added stress to them. And, but yeah, that's going to be our topic for the day. We actually had an interview lined up, but unfortunately the subject of the interview uh, at the last second had to postpone because of um, a commitment that came up for them last minute. And um, I I just had to say, no worries. I mean, it happens. Yeah, 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 we, yeah. Dwight and I definitely understand. And so we will try to have them on, uh, hopefully next week. And it looks like we, there's another interview lined up for next week as well. So, um, that means that we'll probably have to ha- have schedule another day where it's a non-interview day. Cause that's one of the things we don't always try to do is have at least one day a week where it's not an interview, just yeah. so we can kind of get the news and everything out there as we see it. And like I said, as we see it, nobody else has to see it our way, but we see it our way. Right, exactly. <laughs> so, um, but there is some news that we want to go ahead and, and talk about, and this came out a couple of days ago. Uh, John Moxley has entered a, what they call it, an inpatient facility for... Yeah, in, yeah inpatient um, alcohol rehab facility. Yes. And if you follow the podcast twitter then you'll know that we already put out something and you know we mean that very sincerely because we we feel that john moxley you know really john good you know the man behind the character is very brave for coming out and admitting that he needs help absolutely and especially even in this day and age especially for men it is still for some reason frowned upon if we are to admit that we're having some kind of issue and it's always good to see especially a high profile 
person like John Moxley willingly admit I have a problem and I need to get help for it. Right. And I also give some props to CM Punk for it wasn't a real long speech, but I mean, but he called out uh, John Moxley by name last night and he told him how proud he was of him. Yeah. And you, and you could tell that was very sincere. And he also said, if you need help, do not be afraid to tell someone, reach yeah. out to someone. Absolutely. And, and CM Punk, what was his dad was an alcoholic. And I think it was it his sister also. Yeah. His dad was an alcoholic. His sister had substance abuse issues. So, I mean, he, he gets it. Yeah. And, you know, Dwayne and I, we've actually both been open about our issues in the past with um, alcohol. Yep. Um, I mean, I've been, I haven't drank now in about eight and a half years. And Joellen, you're going on about what, 20? Uh, Close to it? It was, yeah, it was 20 years this past February. You know, so yeah, we definitely get it. I mean, it, it can grab a hold of you and real quick yeah it doesn't take much nobody sets out to be an alcoholic nobody sets out to be a drug addict nope and at least you know john moxley he recognized it and especially now with uh, a brand new baby who's three four months old yeah and you know and the ironic thing was uh, i was actually listening to chris jericho interview john moxley on his podcast when you texted me and I thought I had saw something earlier, but I was kind of like, um, cause I didn't really know the source, Yeah, you know, but when you text me, I was like, all right, it's gotta be true. Well, yeah, you know? I saw it from, um, Tony Khan. Mm. Um, uh, right. he, he posted on his Twitter, his official Twitter page that John Moxley had given him permission to let, uh, let people know that he was going in an inpatient facility and okay. a lot of people were bashing tony khan for for telling it but he got permission from john moxley i feel i don't feel like he would have said anything about it if he hadn't got permission from the man himself exactly and, and i actually saw some people criticizing like you said criticizing tony khan saying, oh, what a, a way to take advantage of, you know, somebody's problems. Like, that's not it at all. No. I mean, he didn't he didn't pull a Vince McMahon and make it into a storyline. Exactly. Now, that would be exploiting it. That's exploiting it, which Vince McMahon has done with Hawk from Road Warriors, Jeff mm -hmm. Hardy, and, you know, he's done it with multiple people. He did it with Jake Roberts. He even had Jerry Lawler pour alcohol. Yeah mouth on the pay-per-view knowing his issues his substance abuse issues so yep. you know that is exploiting someone's problem not what tony khan did exactly and john moxley john good may have actually asked him to make the announcement as kind of an example to other people you can also get seek help right you know if i can seek help knowing that in the position I am, because I mean, he's pretty well known, at least in the wrestling world. Yeah. Then. I mean, yeah, exactly. And, you know, two quick military things before we go ahead and get on uh, to the su subject of the day. I had a commander at, in England, the, the first base I was at in England, 
Her name is Ginger Wallace. She's actually uh, fairly well known. If you uh, Google her name, you can actually find, you know, quite a few news stories about her. But she was my commander. She did my last reenlistment. But we had a commander's call uh, this one time. And she said, admitting you need help is not a sign of weakness. It is a sign of strength. Exactly. Yeah. And she said, yeah, you're strong enough to admit that you need help. You're brave for saying you need help. And she said, and if you, and if you say you need help, people will come help you. Yes, absolutely. But you, you've got to, you've got to put it out there and let people know that you're needing help because nobody knows what's going on in somebody else's head. So people aren't just going to automatically know that you're having an issue. I know just speaking from personal experience, I have a bad habit of bottling up things when something bothers me. And my wife can instantly tell when something's wrong with me. And I'll talk to her and I feel a lot better. It's, it's things like that. It's like you, you can't hold on to whatever, whatever's bothering you. You can't hold on to it because it does nothing but poison you. It's not going right. to hurt anybody else but yourself. Exactly. And the other thing, this was a story and I don't, um, I didn't see this personally, but it was a story that, made its way i guess through some military circles in the past few years there was a i want to say he was uh, a command sergeant major in the army that he started going to um the mental health unit there on the, whatever base he was at and he started making appointments and when he'd go in there and talk uh to the psychologist or the psychiatrist he would just talk about fishing and you know, things like that, just whatever, you know, just whatever. And it didn't seem like he really had any issues. And so finally, the office, the, the, the shrink he was seeing actually asked him, you know, sir, you're obviously pretty well adjusted. You know, you seem pretty stable and you haven't really told me about any issues you have. So I'm just curious as to why you keep coming in here. And he said, because I want my soldiers to see that if I can go seek help, so can they. They should never be afraid. That's awesome. You know, That's so, cool. yeah, yeah, exactly. I was for, always thought that. So, yeah, you know what? That is awesome that he did that. You know, so. Uh, but we do have to go ahead and move on. And before we do, I want to go ahead and give our contact and listener info, if you don't already know it. If you want to email us, it's armchairbookingpodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash armchairbookingpodcast. You can find us on Instagram at, at armchairbooking. You can find us on Twitter at bookingarmchair. You can find us on TikTok. You can find us on YouTube. And you can find us for audio listening. You can just about any podcast platform you can think of. And if you can find one that we're not on, let us know and we'll get it added. And I, Yep. And I believe that is it. I believe so. All right, cool. Well, let's roll. All righty. Oh, wow, perfect timing. My grandfather clock just chimed <laughs> as soon as I said that. <laughs> All right, so that was that's kind of an omen, even though Halloween was a few days ago, but it's still an omen. Yeah. Um, so, so far, I counted 17. I saw a tweet that said, uh, said there was 19, but it didn't actually list the names. Uh, 
so far, uh, Dwaylen, can you give me the names? Because I've been lost the the list yeah. that I had. Um, let's see, B Fab from Hit Row, uh, Ember Moon, Eva Marie, Frankie Monet. A lot of you may will probably know her as Ty Valkyrie. Uh, Grand Metalik, Harry Smith, Jeet Rama, Jesse Kamea, Karrion Cross, Katrina Cortez, Keith Lee, uh, Lince Dorado, Mia Yim, Nia Jax, Oni Lorcan, Scarlet, Trey Baxter, and Zeta Ramir. I'm not familiar with Zeta Maria or Trey Baxter. Uh, they may have been... NXT people who just hadn't been called up to TV yet. But some of these names, I was just floored when I saw them. Especially Karrion Cross and Keith Lee. You took yeah. two of the most dominant wrestlers on NXT. Character work, mic skills, in-ring work, everything was fantastic. You bring them to the main roster got everything that made them good on the indies and in NXT. You ruin their characters basically and then take them off TV and then release them. But Keith Lee had just been on Raw like yeah. a week ago squashing Cedric Alexander. And you know they, they did this whole Keith Bearcat Lee thing. They were repackaging him and all this. And then all of a sudden the guy's gone. And I don't understand how you how do you mess up Keith Lee? <laughs> I don't know. My um, opinion, Keith Lee is the best big man in the business. The dude mm -hmm. can do things that no guy his size, it's the same conversation people always had with Samoa Joe. Mm -hmm. Keith Lee is capable of doing things that no man his size should be able to do. Guys his size don't leave their feet. And Keith Lee is moving around the ring like a cruiserweight. He kind of reminds me of Bam Bam Bigelow. Yes, yes. I mean, and I haven't seen Keith Lee do a drop kick yet, but it doesn't mean he's not capable. Uh, I'm trying to think. I have seen him do it on the indies. Okay, so there you go. But I've seen him in WWE do a Hurricane Rana. Which is a just <laughs> scary, actually. And I'm talking not Man. a clumsy John Cena Hurricane Rana. I'm talking about the dude jumped up from a standing position and snapped off a hurricane rana. Does okay, for anybody really who's seen so many hurricane ranas, you think it's just second nature. You're having to jump, and if he's doing it from a stand standstill, you're having to jump straight up from a just standing still position up high enough to where you can get your legs all the way on each side of your opponent's head who is facing you. So that means you have to jump up to where your hips are going to be slightly above their shoulders to and, and swing your legs around. Yep. And unless you can do it like from the front, but yeah, you're not going to do it like that. You're going to have to swing your legs around, uh -huh. clip it around their head, then fall backwards. And if you're doing a hurricane rana, you're also, you're kind of falling in an angle. You're not going straight back. Mm -hmm. and have enough grip, I guess, with your legs around your opponent's head to where you're going to cause them to do a somersault. 
Yeah. Yeah. And so you gotta think if Keith Lee is about probably about what, six two, six three? Yeah, he's he, yeah, he's I'd say probably a good six foot three. Yeah, and and if his opponent is the same height, you know, you gotta think, okay, if if your torso is um, about half your body, you know, you're still jumping up three foot from a standing still position. Yeah. At least three foot, maybe three and a half foot. When you're and 330 pounds. When you're 330 pounds. I mean, uh, wow. Dude, <laughs> I don't understand because the dude has everything. I mean, my skills, he has a presence about him. He has an aura about him that, you know, Everybody, you know, everybody loves Keith Lee. Yeah. His in-ring skills are fantastic. I mean, he is, from all, everything I've ever seen, he is an amazing human being. I don't understand how you messed that. I don't know, I understand how WWE messed that up. All they had to do was watch NXT and carry that over to the main roster. Yes. That's all they had to do. They didn't have to do anything. They didn't have to touch it. They didn't have to change anything about his gimmick. Just let him go out and do what he's been been doing. And I I've liked Keith Lee ever since the first time I saw him in NXT. I've watched bits of Ring of Honor and Pro Wrestling Guerrilla, and it's like when they signed him, I'm like, when they signed him to NXT, I was excited because I knew that version of NXT. I knew that they would. I knew that they would book him right when he was going. When he was going to get called up to the main roster, I was like, "Because uh, everybody that's ever gone to the main roster from NXT, they've ruined one way or another." Mm-hmm. I know Damian Priest came from NXT and he's the United States Champion right now, but they've already started with Damian Priest because they've gotten rid of the Archer of Inf- of Infamy gimmick and they've got like the hand motion where he would do the uh, releasing the bow release the arrow and stuff they've done all that and they've just now he's just another big man and it's like i don't understand why they do this every single time it's like you're just going to ruin everybody and why would you okay they made their way uh, they earned their way onto the main roster with a certain gimmick why would you stop that once they got to the main roster? Yeah. I mean, that, the, that makes zero sense to me. None. But the biggest offense with that was carrying cross. Yeah, because there's been so much, I don't know if you want to call it controversy, you know, but I, yet, you know, that might be the best word for yeah. it is controversy. The past few months, they brought him up and immediately started squashing him. And then they had him wear this, this mask. Yeah, they've got him dressed like he's an extra from uh, Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome, <laughs> and it's like, and that, and they had him. Vince McMahon had him wear that gimmick because had them wear that get up because he said it'll make him more marketable, marketable for toy sales. <sighs> oh, and unfortunately, that's doesn't get though. Yes, kids buy those. To- kids ask for those toys. Parents buy those toys. But Vince has no clue. 
that market is more for collectors than anything mm -hmm. else. And that's adults that are collecting those. Yes. We as fans, I'm a collector myself, and we as fans, I knew who Karrion Cross was before he came to WWE and, and, and changed his name. I know who he is now. I didn't need that. I didn't need that get up that they put him in. But I mean, you look at, you go back and watch his NXT run. His entrance alone was on par with some of the best Undertaker entrances. They were that mm. that good and that unique. And it was like, he's always had a presence. Mic skills, in-ring work, just everything. NXT did a great job showcasing all that. They bring him to the main roster. They don't bring Scarlett with him. She was part of the reason the entrance and the presentation was, you know, worked so well plus she's his fiance yep i did see that but they they took her they bring him to the main roster never put her back on tv never brought her to the main roster with him changed his music changed the entrance everything he get his first night on the main roster while he's still nxt champion he gets pinned in two minutes by jeff hardy who put it who had his feet on, feet the, on ropes the ropes to beat him and it's like, first of all, it's like, why are you squashing your NXT champion? Two, why are you squashing a guy who's just come to the main roster? Jeff Hardy didn't need to beat Karrion Cross. Karrion Cross needed to beat Jeff Hardy. And it almost seemed like they were trying, going to try to push a heel run on Jeff Hardy, mm -hmm. and using Karrion Cross as kind of the the first bait for that. Nobody's it, going to. Nobody's going to Jeff Hardy. They're just not going no. to. It, they did that, and they tried that in TNA, turning him heel, and people booed because it was stupid. Not because, <laughs> not, because was, not because he was getting over as a as a top heel. They booed because it was a dumb idea. Yeah, don't sugarcoat it. I mean, just just let us know how you feel. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but it was it was just stupid and stripping carrying cross of everything that made that made him unique so that he's just another big man on the roster and you can i can guarantee in the meetings they're like well he's not getting over with the fans uh i wonder why why are they going to invest in this guy when you're making him look like a joke exactly and some of the other names to me that were surprising, including one of my favorites, Ember Moon. I don't you know either. Uh, I, I mean, how many? How many? How long have I been harping on about Ember Moon and how Since they need to give her put? Yeah. <laughs> Since she first I, debuted in WWE. You know, I, because I think the first time I saw her in NXT. I'm pretty sure I texted you right away and said, I just saw Amber, Amber, Ember Moon, and wow, she yeah. is going to be, uh, you know, she's going to be, I can see her being the champion very yeah. easily. You know, great look, great moveset, great mic skills, everything. And she made her way up to the main roster, and I will say she got hurt. You yeah. know, that, that is one thing that did, uh, I don't, not really worked against her, but it was an unfortunate circumstance. And they had her, okay, got her back to NXT so, you know, she could rehab once, you know, get yeah. knock the ring rust off. And, of course, by that time, you know, 
big match backs or whatever they're calling Becky Lynch now. Uh, yeah, big time backs. Big yeah. time backs. And of course, Charlotte. You're, they're going to have Charlotte. And, you know, you also got Bianca up there. Bianca all of a sudden just caught fire and just boom. I mean, she's yeah. on top of the world after two years in. And Sasha's back. Now, Bailey's also hurt, but, but then they bring in Dewdrop. Oddly enough, they also brought back Eva Marie, who was also released today. Yeah. And, you know, so they, they, they didn't, well, I'm not going to say they didn't leave a lot of room on the women's roster because they're still not using them correctly. And it does kind of feel like if your name, <clears throat> well, up until a couple weeks ago, if your name's not Charlotte Flair, you know, you're, um, uh, I try to think about the best way to put this. Um, you don't have a guarantee of a job if your name's not Charlotte Flair. Yeah. And, you know, Ember, I, I mean, I really wish they would have, I wish, well, part of me says I wish she would have stayed. But the other part of me says, you know what? She can go and be a star somewhere else. Yes, absolutely. A yeah. lot of these women are going to, a lot of these women, because the majority of the people that got released today were women. Yes. To the current mentality of WWE as far as their women's roster goes, we're quickly slipping back into that mid 2000s, you know, well, where. What's the common. Well, what was a change that was made fairly recently? John Clown Shoes Laurinaitis. <laughs> yes, exactly. And he, I just, I don't get it. It's like, these women did all this work to build the women's, you know, revolution, mm -hmm. to build the women's division into a credible women's division. And now it's like we're headed right back to, I mean, it's already started. The entirety of the Queen's Crown Tournament was less than 10 minutes. Yeah, the longest match was the final match, and it was what, uh, three and a half, four minutes? Yeah, three and a half, four minutes. The rest of the matches um, were a minute and a half, if they were lucky. Mm -hmm. The entrances took longer than the match did, and it's like that is – that's a disgrace to the talent and the hard work that these women have put in. And hopefully Ember Moon will go to right now, best, you know, with ring of honor, uh, temporarily shutting down after final battle next month, still got impact. They have a great mm -hmm. women's division. Uh, of course, you know, everybody's going to say, well, this person, this person should go to AEW. Everybody can't go to AEW. No, because then they'll run into the same issues as WWE where they have too many people. Yes, but Ember Moon would be a great fit for their women's division. Um, another surprising one, Ember Moon's going to be a great fit for either Impact's women's division or AEW's, regardless. She's that talented. Mm -hmm. Another surprising release was Nia Jax. Yes, now, I've seen all over social media where everybody is ecstatic because Nia Jax got released. Personally, I never had an issue with Nia Jax in the ring. She is, her entire character is she's a monster. Mm -hmm. If this was, okay, 
here here is the for me this is the still in almost 2022 there's still a huge discrepancy between men and women Brock Lesnar is booked as a monster he throws people around the ring as reckless as humanly possible and everybody loves it it is a car crash with Brock Lesnar and everybody loves watching it yeah but, watching it not the people on receiving it not the people on the receiving end but the people watching it, watching it. all over Twitter are always talking about man did you see that Brock Lesnar match how he, you know he suplexed that guy out of the ring and blah 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 but then Nia Jax can give somebody a choke slam and they're like oh she broke that girl's back or she did this and she did that. She is booked as a monster. She is supposed to be stiff. It's the same mm -hmm. concept as when people used to, guys, Shawn Michaels especially, complained about Vader. Just like when Randy Orton complained about Mark Henry. These men, mm -hmm. and, these men and women are booked like monsters. Their job is to be stiff and beat the crap out of people. That's what, that's what their job is. And for everybody to be happy that Nia Jax has lost her job is just ridiculous. And Nia, she's another one. She's going to go to another company and she's going to tear it up. She yeah. is going to be big in, in another company. And, yeah. and this is... And I'm, I'm kind of curious about the timing of it because you and I were, were talking about it before I hit record. And WWE just had their quarterly earnings a call today apparently i didn't even know that i didn't know they were doing that today uh even though that was i've seen it, seen it earlier that they were doing it but i like right before like during when i was texting you about all the releases is when i saw where they had released what their revenue was for the for the third quarter and that was a net oh would you say 225 million it says here, uh, let's see, third quarter 2021 highlights. This is um, information that I got from Russell's own. Okay. Um, revenue was $255.8 million, an increase of 15% or $34.2 million from the previous quarter. It says primarily driven by higher ticket sales and to a lesser extent venue merchandise sales, resulting from the company's return to ticketed live events including SummerSlam their operating income alone was 64 million dollars and that that would be taken out of the two you said 252 million 255 oh 255 okay um so that's going to drop them to I took a screenshot of that, but I didn't screenshot the whole thing. Let me bring the article up real quick. Let me scroll through all the releases, and then let me see if I can find it again. There it is. Okay. But it still, it kind of makes us both kind of harp on, they just made the Saudi money. Part of the Saudi money was, yeah. you know, they had Goldberg, they had Lesnar which means they're paying them Goldberg and Lesnar money. And we know Lesnar's gone until at least January. Goldberg may be gone permanently. Yeah. 
Yeah. So they they spent all that no, money on them. Goldberg has one. He has one more match. Goldberg That's has right. One more day. That's right. One more. Yeah. And then he will probably be done. You know, for everybody's sake, including him, because I mean he's not getting any younger, and he's not he's not known yeah, for being he's, subtle. He's I mean, and yeah, and his style is not subtle at all. So no. that, of course, I mean, yeah, a very hard hitting style, I mean, and, and you're more prone to injury doing that. But yeah, for them to spend all that money and then turn on them, just them two people who are part time attractions at best. I mean, at best. Yeah. And they will bring you in, they will bring you in a big crowd for one event, but then you can't have them all the time because the the newness will wear off the the attractiveness part of it will wear off and people won't want to pay to see it all the time and they wasted all that but then they're releasing so many of the other people in the roster they could have been pushing to begin with they could have been creating a new lesnar or or goldberg you know in theory i mean we're, i'm just throwing the names out there but they could be they could have been creating new superstars keith lee can be a superstar yes and uh karen cross can be a superstar harry smith the british bulldog's son he's part of the hart family and so he's got it in his dna to be a great wrestler and would you say he had not even made his debut yet and they've already already released him yeah, he had re-signed, like, late in the summer, they had re-signed him. He never got assigned to a brand, never got brought up to TV, and then they just released him today. Oh. I found some more... Um, financial stuff? You know more about the stock part of it than I do. I don't really understand the stock market that much. Uh, it says return of capital to shareholders totaled $31 million, which included $21.9 million in share repurchases and $9.1 million in dividends paid. Okay. Uh, their dividends have been, I have to look, uh, um, I, can, I have to look on my stuff uh, right now, but their dividends have been 12 cents a share ever since. How they started because that's one thing Vince McMahon was adamant about was um, it didn't matter how low their their stock price dropped, it was going to be twelve cents a share. But so that I mean I will give them credit, um, because that's not easy to do. Uh, their dividend yields uh, still sucks, but um, mm, let me see. Okay, there. Let me. Uh, Okay, so they they sounds like they bought back some of the shares from people. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know what all's going on. I'd have to um, I'd ha- actually have to look at uh, some of the news. Yeah, do me a favor, send me some of those links so I can check them out. Okay. You know, yeah, after you know, um, after we're all. But if I still get to focus on it, then next thing you know, everybody listening will hear just a whole bunch of silence. <laughs> <laughs> and, 
Uh, and there's actually a couple of articles I'm looking on this. And yes, I'm looking on Robinhood for everybody who doesn't like Robinhood. You know, well, sorry, deal with it. You know, that's what I use for stocks. Uh, I use other things too, but um, but Robinhood is where I bought WWE through. And one of the stories, yeah, it's kind of funny. World Wrestling Entertainment has affirmed its dividend of 12 cents. All right. Uh, and the next one, next story from six days ago, and this was on Simply Wall Street. It, the headline says, here's why World Wrestling Entertainment can manage its debt responsibly. So uh, it, it's, it, it's not a secret that they can be doing better. <laughs> yes. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, like, like our friend Kyle said, it's purge three. Yep. Pretty much. Uh, I just don't understand. It's like you're making that much money, but the excuse that every wrestler got this year, including today's releases was budget cuts. And it's like. I don't, I, that just doesn't sound true to me. I just think, I think some of this is more of, I hoarded every wrestler, every independent wrestler Mm -hmm. a couple of years ago. And so now I'm having to clear the books because I can't use everybody and I don't want to pay everybody. Um, it's like yeah. I was telling my wife, you've got, you've got guys like Goldberg, who's, I, I don't know exactly what his, I know his, I think his annual salary is a little, is like $1.6 million. Um, I don't know if that's all WWE, but if it is, that's like $1.6 million for like three matches. Actually this year, it's only been two matches. SummerSlam and Crown Jewel. And Crown Jewel, yep. And then uh, he's got one more. He's got one more match on this current deal. You've got Brock Lesnar, who has wrestled one match this year, and he's getting paid millions. It, it has only been one match, hasn't it? Yes, it was Crown Jewel. That's, That's the ridiculous. Only the only match he's wrestled. That's the first match he wrestled since WrestleMania last year when he dropped the title to Drew. So he just gets to show up yeah. for one match and automatically get a title shot. Yeah, he was gone 18 months. Uh, um, well, and, uh, that was his first match in 18 months. Um, well, well I'm, I'm looking at their hierarchy right now as far as uh, their executives. The chief financial officer is Christina Celine. And, um, oh, wow, she was the first CFO of Etsy. How do you like that? But the chief revenue officer, which I'm, I've never, honestly, I've never heard that title before, but it's not saying it doesn't exist, is Nick Khan, president and chief revenue officer. Okay, so it's almost something the CFO would almost report to him as well. When ever since he came on, and which is kind of ironic that his last name is Khan. Yeah. Yeah, because it gets confusing because every time I say Khan, I'm like, well, which one are you talking about? The one guy with the WWE, or are you talking about, you know, yeah. uh, Tony and Shahid Khan? But, you know, the people, people who own AEW. 
I know since he came on, since Nick Khan came into the WWE, he's been trimming a lot of stuff. Yeah. And I think and some has, of what, huh? And he Go ahead. has carte blanche power yeah. to do. Vince McMahon has given him more power to do things without his approval than he has ever given anybody before. Which is scary. Yeah. And it makes me wonder, and, and I really don't, um, I, and I know you feel the same way. We are never going to turn this podcast into a gossip site. No. And um, because, I mean, we're not, we're not inside the business. <laughs> That's one of the things. But we are also two very smart uh, human beings. We're two very smart men who can actually look at stuff and go, kind of wonder what's going on there because we are seeing okay triple h yes he's had health problems you know paul Levesque, he's had health problems and so he has kind of stepped away from running nxt yeah and so now it's vince and it's bruce pritchard bruce pritchard which i listened to i listened to his podcast when he can actually record it because he's so busy with wwe stuff and i and i get that has to be his priority just like i mean i've had to have work stuff yeah you know postpone ours you know so and and his is on a much larger scale than what we're doing so um just like our our subject at our interview tonight had something with work come up right and like i said maybe we and we absolutely respect that but it kind of makes me wonder there may be some inner turmoil going on there because with nick khan him starting to trim people and now Vince and Bruce with NXT because most of the people released today, with the exception of uh, a couple, were NXT. Yeah, and and with the women, you know, a lot of talented women. I mean that that sounds just like John Laurinaitis because he wanted divas. Yep. And that's exactly what I was thinking because every like. I kept getting notifications from Russell Zone as people were getting released and they were, you know, letting people know. And it was just woman after woman after woman. I'm like, what are they doing? Why right. are they, you know, it's like Frankie Monet, Ty Valkyrie. I don't understand what was their point of even signing her because they sign her, you know, she leaves Impact as the longest reigning women's champion in Impact history. She leaves Impact, signs with WWE, then they do all these vignettes and make a big deal about her debut, you know, you know, give her all the big fancy, you know, production treatment and everything, and then she gets one match for the title, gets beat, and then pretty much, I mean, she only had a handful of matches on TV, and then they had her do a bunch of back, backstage stuff with Robert Stone. And then she gets released today. She's also married to John Morrison. Mm. And so that's not going to... That's not going to endear WWE to him where... You know, because you know he... Even though she was on NXT, they both worked for the same company. Right. So now it's like... Well, I'm here, and they're doing absolutely nothing with John Morrison, too, so he's being wasted. They've just fired his wife, so now 
she's got to wait 30 days before she can find a new job. So it's like you're throwing everybody's life in the turmoil to save a few bucks. And here's another name, even though I like him and I know people either love him or hate him, but there's a show about it. You know, the Miz. Yeah. Right now they're paying him to go be on Dancing with the Stars. Exactly. Yeah. He t- and the thing is, it's like they started the storyline, drop, and then just dropped it because he had. To, they knew he was going to do Dancing with the Stars, right. so they had to turn on Morrison. Then he's gone, and so they have nothing to do with Morrison. He's running around in the twenty four seven division, and yeah. then now he's sitting in the back. Uh, he's doing like hippie yoga stuff. Yeah, he's just sitting there meditating now. That's like they have nothing. It's like, why are you signing these people when you know you have nothing for them? You know you have no intention of doing anything with them. John Morrison could have stayed in Impact, been a main event guy like he was, because he was an Impact world champion. Uh, uh Oni Lorcan is another one. He's a former NXT tag team champion with Danny Burch. Um... Danny Burch got injured. They had to forfeit the tag titles. But Orny Lorcan is a exceptional technical wrestler. He's got that, you know, that British strong style, as I like to call it. Mm, and okay. I don't understand. But I think what they're doing with NXT is all the older people, which in their mind older. But if you're if you're over thirty, then they're trying to move people out the door because they're trying to push all the younger talent and I get that you have to push your younger talent to build toward the future but I've said this before you can't get rid of all your experienced talent and then expect your young talent to be able to carry the show right you have to have a a mixture I mean you would have to have a like a pyramid structure hierarchy in a way of okay this many years experience at the top and then the next level down, you have a, a, a couple more than what you would have of the top tier before that. And then you move down, you know, you'd have even more. Move down, it, it would be like a pyramid. It would have to branch out. And they're not doing that. No, they're just, it's like all the experienced talent are basically being used as enhancement talent to try to get over the new ones. And that that's that's fine if you're going to have the experienced talent lose uh, lose to the newer talent, but it may, needs to make sense. It doesn't need to just be a bunch of squashes, which here lately it has been. You've got a bunch of, you know, you've got a bunch of experienced talent getting squashed by newer talent, and it just, that just doesn't make any sense. Uh, and with Ring of Honor doing whatever it is they're doing we had a show uh where we discussed this just yeah a few days ago with them doing that where they're essentially shut ceasing operations at least temporarily is what they're saying that leave well that that takes away another option yep. for a lot of these men and women who were just released and they're they are wrestlers they're wrestling but wrestlers because they love to wrestle they made it all the way to wwe because yeah i mean that which meant they had to work at it and practice it and they probably 
if you've made it to the WWE, even if it's if you've just made it to the NXT part of WWE, more than likely you have paid your dues. Yes. You know, at least most of your dues. Yeah. Now you may still have a few to pay, depending on your experience level. But they made it this far, and they did, now they just had it yanked out from underneath them. Now, judging from some of the Twitter reactions, I'm thinking that not everybody's heartbroken about that. Yeah, there's some uh, that I'm sure are actually kind of relieved. Uh, I'm not sure about Mia Yim, but she was enough. She's another talented woman that got released today. Yep, and she's a former Impact World Champion. Uh, has been has wrestled all over the world. She got drafted to Monday Night Raw. She's also engaged to Keith Lee. Uh, yep. She got drafted to Monday Night Raw, and then never even got the debut before she gets released. Like Efab gets brought from Hill with Roe. She's on TV just a couple of weeks. She gets released, and it's like they're already messing. And that's what I was afraid of when Hit Row came to the main roster. Is I'm like they're going to mess that up. And you, you they, called it. You did. You absolutely yeah. called it a couple weeks ago. I'm like they're if they get if they call them up, they're going to mess it up because they always do. If they bring some sort of tag team or faction from NXT, they always mess it up. And that that dynamic that the four of them had. They just messed it up by releasing B-Fab. So, and they also released, uh, what was the other female? Uh, Katrina Cortez. She was with, um, she was in NXT. She was with a faction in NXT. Um, Phantasmo. Um, but um, she had just debuted in NXT maybe couple months ago maybe a month ago she was feuding they were feuding with it was about a couple months ago because they were feuding with hit row and okay. she was feuding with b fab they had a match on nxt tv it wasn't that good of a match but both of them are not that experienced in the ring so it's to be expected that they're not going to have like they're not going to they're not going to be sasha and bianca they're not going to have that kind of match with not that much experience but it's like they don't give people time to get experience anymore. It's just like, it's like a catch-22. It's like, okay, we don't want these experienced indie people anymore, but we want the new people that, we've, that we're trying to create to already be as good as the indie, peop indie people that we don't want to sign anymore. And we may have actually already mentioned this before, but I think it bears repeating. If they train everybody in the quote unquote WWE way, and then everybody is going to eventually start looking the same. All their matches already resemble each other way too much. I mean, we could yeah. almost call the spots, and and that they have started to change them up some because you know they don't have every match doesn't have the spot where somebody either jumps off the top rope or over the top rope onto the crowd of people, which just happened to be all clustered together right there at the end of the ramp. Uh, they're still doing it. They've just moved it to NXT. Oh, okay. There you go. <laughs> they're still, they're still doing it. They did it. Uh, Cause they did it the other, they did it last week and 
a lot of those guys caught a bunch of flack because there was two guys that did moves over the top rope into the crowd of people, and those guys did not catch those guys. Oh. And so they're hitting hard on that mat. On oh. That's just like a little half-inch mat on the ground covering concrete. So. Oh, and that's from a distance of probably about six or seven foot up? Oh, yeah. And, I mean, yeah. you've got these guys who are not – they're not even climbing the ropes. These guys are athletic enough to where they're literally running across the ring and, and diving whoop. over the rope hands-free and doing a flip to the outside, and the people that are supposed to catch them don't catch them. Kind of uh, sidebar, I did tell you who the first wrestler was I ever saw do that, right, on TV? I don't think so. I don't Manny Fernandez. Ah, Raging Bull. He was the very first one I ever saw do that. So once again, you know what? We're going to put this on Twitter. We're going to have a campaign. We are going to get the Raging Bull, Manny Fernandez, on the show. Okay. That is going to be our goal because we have questions about the Abdullah monkey flip. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> about uh, what was the other thing uh, about him jumping off the cage on Ivan Koloff's head? Yeah. And now him jumping over the top rope. The man did so many things. In fact, he was the very first wrestler I ever saw that I can remember use a belly-to-belly suplex. I remember that, yeah. Yep, yeah. And, it, and then Magnum came in, and of course that was his move, and so Raging Bull, you know, couldn't use it anymore. Because that's, yeah. I mean, that is, I get that, the wrestler's code, you don't use somebody else's move. Yeah. And, you know, so yeah, we got questions for him. Oh, so. For anybody listening, if you know how to get a hold of Manny Fernandez, we'll, we'll look this up as well. We, we're going to try our hardest to get Rachel Bull Manny Fernandez onto this show. But anyway, back to the subject at hand. When all the matches start looking too much alike, people are going to stop watching it. And they got to stop treating it like it's the circus, where if you're going to go go watch a live show well the re you know you want to see rick flair do the flop and you got to see him get press slammed by it doesn't matter who he's wrestling they're going to press slam him and oh what are some of the other things that you have to see oh but you got to see this this spot where they go over the top rope yeah. and um you know, what, what are some of the other ones oh you got to see him kick out of each other's finishing move you go three times a piece before they perform the most devastating move in the WWE, the surprise roll-up. Roll yep. And I don't know why that's – oh, my God. I don't understand why they started doing that. And it's like you've just, you've just pretty much said none of your finishers are effective. None of them mean anything. This is, you know, this is the only way you can beat somebody is to catch them with a surprise roll-up. That move should be – not exclusively, but for the most part, done for the 24-7 title. Yeah, and there, there's there's ways to use the surprise roll-up to make it look good. Okay, Like, mm -hmm. Kevin Nash and Bret Hart from Survivor Series. Oh, that was, yeah, the surprise small package. Yeah, exactly. Yep. But it's like that. It's like, but because, you know, Diesel thought Brett just, you know, couldn't get up. He leans down to pick him up. Brett rolls him up. And there it is. 
that makes sense. But just all these, you know, all these roll-ups and all this stuff, it's like, what happened to the finish? That's the finishers. Right. They're called finishers for a reason. You hit it, the match is over. And it's like, I get in a big main event thing, you might hit somebody with, you know, multiple finishers because they, you know, they keep kicking out. But it's like, it comes a point when it's like, you're kind of watering down the finisher by having people kick out so much. And then it's like, oh, but I can hit them with this surprise roll up and that that keeps them down. Yeah, also no, they don't really call it this much anymore, but the schoolboy. Yeah, yeah. Yep, uh, because you got the surprise small package roll up, or sometimes they call it an inside cradle. I'm like, it's the same thing. Come on. Yeah. Y'all yeah. need to decide on a name. And that one can be effective. You never see anybody say that is their finishing move is a small package. No. It's, it's always a counter, like when Steamboat pinned Flair, yeah. um, because he used it as a counter to the figure four, boom, done. Yeah, and that that it looks good. It's effective. Um, some of the other schoolboys, well, like somebody like Randy Savage, when he he, right enough, he actually pinned Flair using that, but he also held the tights. Yeah, well, like when Steamboat beat Savage. Yes, you know, yeah, it was the, a reversal the, into... of a slam. Yeah, yep, because I I think that I think that might be the only time I've ever seen anybody do a counter to a body slam like that where he used the momentum to take him all the way over exactly. and just take him over. Yeah. And one of the greatest matches ever. I mean, we, we just have to yeah. throw that out there. If you've never seen it. Wow. Yeah. You know, you call yourself a wrestling fan. You've never seen steamboat savage. Yeah. Come on now. <laughs> Sting and Ric Flair at the, at the great American bash. That's how Sting won his first world title. But yes, you know, it made sense in the context of the match, but, they also weren't doing a surprise roll-up every week on television. Exactly. Multiple times every week on television. And now they're getting rid of people who would hopefully have different moves, and they're trying to mold everybody to be the same. And it's going to it's, – well, it's starting to come back and bite them already. Yeah. We've discussed it. You know, has the power balance moved to AEW? You know, now, I mean, it, it has got to be, it's like a pendulum. It's, it's going back and yeah. forth. And, you know, we've also all already saw what happened in Ring of Honor. Now that's partly because they haven't had any live audiences, Yeah. you know, and that may not even be their fault. And then Impact have had audiences, but they're still, uh, they're connected to um, AEW, but they're still, I mean, they, as soon as AEW came on, Impact was number three. Yeah. They went for number two, number three overnight. Yeah. And, you know, so, uh, but Impact is a place for the people to go. Ring of Honor, once it, if, if, when it comes back up, is a place to go. They can always go to the Indies, especially the ones who started at Indies. Go mm -hmm. back, uh, you know, go back to where you started. Yeah. You know, get yeah. a fresh start. Yeah. They're still pro wrestling gorilla. They're still major league wrestling they're still um I, i've said it multiple times the last few weeks game changer wrestling is one to watch i mean yes they you, there's definitely you know you can definitely go there they're still 
multiple places for people to ply their trade. It's just it's just terrible that the biggest, most successful wrestling company on the planet making record revenue every quarter is still releasing people with personally I feel like not a care in the world. I, I understand I understand business, but for me this doesn't feel like it was these cuts that they've done in the last year don't feel like it was necessary. It feels like it's just I was a greedy little kid and I scooped up everything and now I don't want it. Right. Because they were they were keeping people on the roster, not giving them their releases, just so they would not go to AEW. Mm-hmm. And they thought, well, we're the biggest game in town. We have more money than any, any game in town because they had made the McMahons billionaires. I mean, mm-hmm. and that granted, go from being a from living in a trailer park to being a billionaire. I mean, I will say that is pretty impressive. Yeah. You know, but, but at the same time, you can't say, well, we got all this money. We're too big to fail. And then all of a sudden, you holding on to everybody and having to pay them all. Uh-huh. I mean, it was causing them to fail. Yeah. And and I'm sitting there looking right now, and granted, this is Wikipedia. List of independent wrestling promotions in the United States. And there's, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six different geographical areas. And I haven't even opened the thing up yet. Mm-hmm. You know, New England, East Coast, Midwest, Southeast, South Central, and West. Granted, it kind of sounds like Los Angeles, too, but uh, let me see. I just saw the South Central, and that just reminded me. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, But if you want to go to New England, I mean, right there, I mean, because in Connecticut, there is Assault Championship Wrestling. Yep. Never mind. This is years active. Uh, to, okay, let me find current ones. Uh, da, da, da. Um. Not all these are active. Heck, on it. List of active wrestling promotions. And I would hope that the wrestlers who, um, you know, are wanting to maintain their career, um, that they would actually know how to do this research themselves. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And I'm sure uh, I'm sure they do. I'm sure some of them were probably doing research before they even got released because, you know, some of them probably saw the writing on the wall and they are smart enough to have a backup plan. Yes. And hopefully they would always heed the advice of Jim Ross. It's not how much you make, it's how much you save. Yep. And pay your taxes. Pay your quarterly taxes. Yep. And, okay, there's another list of this just active. And this is coming from Wikipedia. So, I'm, and I already know it's not 100% accurate. But there's, uh, I'll just, wow, there's, there's quite a list here, dude. All-American wrestling. All-elite wrestling, of course. All-pro wrestling. Anarchy championship wrestling. Bang. That's the whole name of the company, just bang. With an <laughs> with exclamation mark before and after. 
Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, Chaotic Wrestling, Combat Zone Wrestling, East Coast Wrestling Association, Empire Wrestling Federation, Full Impact Pro, Funking Conservatory, which I'm assuming is the Funk Brothers. Yes. Um, Harley Races Wrestling Academy, House of Hardcore, Impact, Independent Wrestling Association Mid-South. That one, actually, I did know about one because... Yeah, the some, IWA, yeah. Yes. Uh, Juggalo Championship Wrestling. Um. Nah. Mm, no. <laughs> no offense, guys, but no. Uh, and, I mean, granted, they were impressive. I mean, I will say that. When the few times they were in the ring, I was actually yeah. like, okay. Um, but, uh, anyway, Lucha Vavoom. Uh, Major League Wrestling. MCW Pro Wrestling. Millennium Wrestling Federation. National Wrestling Alliance. Ooh. Yes, I, I, I keep forgetting to mention the NWA is absolutely another place that they can go. I mean, right now, yep. Trevor who worked who worked for WWE in the mid 2000s is the reigning world heavyweight champion. Yep. Um, New England Championship Wrestling, Northeast Wrestling, Ohio Valley Wrestling. Hey, that's right there out of Louisville. Uh, I don't think they're affiliated with WWE anymore, but it's still around. No, not. Yep. Yeah. And they actually have, as far as I understand, and I may be wrong about this, so please don't quote me. They actually have a regular TV show on one of the local stations in Louisville. Yes. Yep. So, um, I want to say it's WLWT, but that may be a Cincinnati station. I'm getting confused anymore. Okay. <laughs> um, but Pro Wrestling Guerrilla, you mentioned them already. Uh, Reality of Wrestling, Revolutionary Championship Wrestling, Ring of Honor, Shimmer Women Athletes. There, I mean, most of the yes. women released were women. Yep. And we do know there have been shows put on that were all women. We know of one that happened in North Carolina not, not that long ago because yeah. Big Mama and Riley Matthews both went to that one. There's another one going on in Texas where they're both going to that one. And I think, is it, didn't Breezy say she's going on that one as well down in Texas? Uh, I believe so. Um, the NWA had an all, uh, all women's show in St. Louis in August. Yes. So for the women wrestlers, there's more options. You don't have to go to these other big big companies and where you yeah. might uh, you know you might get lost because some promoters still haven't caught on that women wrestling can can and is very very good yeah. and let's see shine wrestling southern states wrestling texas all-star wrestling texas wrestling alliance topper promotions ultra championship wrestling zero huh? um united wrestling network and it says governing body under that one um, West Coast Wrestling Connection, Women Superstars United, Women of Wrestling, World League Wrestling, World Wrestling Network, World Extreme Wrestling, and then we also know of the Northern Wrestling Federation. There's the other company in Cincinnati, um, Ascension Pro Wrestling. There's um, War Wrestling, which is out of Lima, Ohio. There's another one in Cincinnati, Kentucky, and those are four that weren't even listed on this here. Right. And that, that's just one I just know about them because of the wrestlers we have in contact with here who have wrestled for some of those there, there's battle on the border which is also right near there's there's five right there that i can name so you don't have to go if you can't if if there's no room on the roster for one of the bigger companies but obviously wwe are saying they don't have the payroll for it fine yeah. impact i'm not impact AEW. Even though Shahid Khan might have more money than Vince McMahon, but the reason why is because he doesn't spend it um, 
horribly. Yeah. And, I mean, he owns Fulham Football Club, he owns the Jaguars, he owns AEW. And he knows how to run them. I mean, he has Tony Khan run AEW. And people say, well, Tony Khan is just a fan. No, Tony Khan is a smart businessman as well. Yeah. because And he's yeah. surrounded himself with wrestlers who know what to do because they've seen the bad, they've seen the good. And that's the key. He surrounded himself with professional wrestlers. Yes. Who know and understand and love the business. He did not surround himself with a bunch of yes men that are just going to tell him that every idea he has is fantastic because that's what Vince McMahon does. That's the same thing that CM Punk talked about in his pipe bomb Mm -hmm. promo back in 2011. Vince McMahon surrounds himself with people who's going to tell him that he is right all the time. And that is a good way to cause yourself to go out of business. Mm -hmm. And whether you want to admit it, (laughs) you know, or not, but, uh, the late Colin Powell actually talked about that. He said, never, ever surround yourself with yes men. If you think somebody's been a yes man, basically get rid of them. Exactly. He said, you need somebody to tell you the truth. And I haven't seen this yet. And, you know, and we'll kind of come full circle talking about John Moxley. Mm-hmm. Apparently John Moxley had a few things to say about Kevin Dunn. Yes, he did. He and I, it. I have not seen it yet, but I, from what I hear, he was not a fan of Kevin Dunn. No, he was not a fan of Kevin Dunn at all. And he, I need to get his book and read it. I've heard it's excellent. And yes. And to detail his dislike of Kevin Dunn and why. But it's, it's not anything I can really discuss on this show because we are family friendly. But uh, <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Uh, I've seen the one headline. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Jim Cornette uh, apparently has already spoken about uh, Moxley's quotes about Kevin Dunn. And, and, of course, Jim Cornette does not hide his feelings about anything. No. And we and he's been very open about his feelings also about Kevin Dunn and uh, about a confrontation they had in the WWF back in the day. And it was talking about Sable mm-hmm. and, you know, and it led to Cornette. Um, maybe he shouldn't have resorted to name calling, but unfortunately when I heard it, I'm like, did a really a grown adult actually say that? Oh my God. The other grown adults actually client literally crying about it. <laughs> yeah. Instead of, I mean, either letting it roll off his back or getting punchy about it, you know, yeah. He's because somebody called him. Okay, so, but anyway, like I said, I don't know Kevin Dunn from Adam, so right. uh, I, you know I don't want to say anything bad about somebody I don't know. But we've just heard we we don't like some of his actions. Yeah, and I think he also might be out of touch because he's one of their executives, and he's all Vince has always been loyal to him because his dad and Vince's dad and blah blah blah, and there's a long story there. Yeah, but. I am not a fan of how Kevin Dunn is perceived as running, um, well, whatever portions he's running there, to be honest. Because you hear all these stories about Kevin Dunn. In fact, he even, he was trying to get Stone Cold to tone it down once upon a time. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
Yeah. Because he said, well, you're popping the guys in the truck. And Stone Cold had, had to kind of point out to him, well, if I'm popping the guys in the truck, it means I'm doing something they've never seen before. Right. And so, but if they just want cookie cutter, well, they're going to cookie cut themselves right out of business. Yeah. And I mean, that's what they're doing. It's like, there's some good aspects to NXT 2.0, but you can also tell it's like, this has definitely become a Vince McMahon vision of what NXT should be. Apparently Shawn Michaels is running NXT. I'm sure he's running it through a headset with Vince McMahon giving him instructions. Yeah. Because from what I understand now, nothing is finalized in NXT unless it's okay with Vince. And that's called micromanaging. Yeah. And it's like you have these people in charge for a reason. I mean, yeah. you saw what Triple H did with NXT. And then it's like, oh no, we're going to, it's too indie. So we got to, we got to change it. And it's like being indie is what got NXT over. Being indie is what got made NXT the best brand under the WWE umbrella. So, I don't know. I hate it for all these people that got released, especially this time of year. Mm -hmm. But all of you are tremendous talents, and I have no doubt that you'll land on your feet and find better work environments other places. Like Steve was saying, um, the indies, especially right now, the indies are extremely hot right now, and there's so many options you know, that you can go and wrestle. Um, I can tell you, Northern Wrestling Federation have been running shows every weekend. And, you know, that's, I can't think of the last weekend where they didn't have a show. I mean, it's been going on now for that long. That's awesome. Yeah. And, you know, you've met them, you know, so, well, you've met them through Zoom, but I mean, either way, right, you've still right. met them. You've talked to them. I mean, and um, we have not met anyone yet who seems like, they're not happy and they all speak very highly about Roger Ruffin and they can also go to Larry D's organization down in Cynthia, Kentucky, because sometimes NWF will actually loan wrestlers gym because Larry D he is, he has a strong connection with the NWF. Right. And so they, they go down there, but they will find you someplace. And even if you're, um, you, you may go with some of the other local organizations around here because if you look on Noah Gabriel's social media, oh, he wrestled, I think, last night. Yeah. yeah. Middle of the week. And there, I mean, he needs, and he's working. Yeah. You know, so there is stuff there. And I know Cincinnati is not the only area that has that. Clarksville, Tennessee. Uh, what's some of the ones that, like Matt Mims, I mean, he's part of the NWA, but he's part of the affiliate for the NWA out of Clarksville. I cannot think of the name of it. Um, uh, let me look real quick. But that was another one that was not on that list that I read off. And you, I mean, you heard the reason I read off every name is to kind of prove a point. There's a lot of names there of active organizations, and it, yeah, there's some that aren't even on, aren't even showing up on that list that we know are. Yeah, tried and true pro out of Clarksville. Thank you, um, uh, Devin Graves. He was mentioning 
uh, organization out of Mississippi that he's actually gone and wrestled for. Um, you also have the places out in Illinois with uh, Sid Holland. You have out in Kansas with big country, Matt Stockdale. These are people that we've talked to, these people we've interviewed. There are organizations out there. All you have to do is just look, you know, yeah. and, and Devin, wasn't it Devin that pointed out that the wrestling world is pretty small or, yeah. or who, yeah, I think it was Devin that pointed that out. And he said, yes, he said, that's why you have everybody that knows everybody. Because when we got to look in, we're going, okay, uh, he knows this person who knows this person that's, that's in, in this area. Yeah. And there's always that connection. And, uh, and it, it almost seems like, okay, you always had the thing about the six degrees of uh, separation or the six degrees of Kevin Bacon, however you want to put it. Yeah. You know, but with wrestling, it seems like it's probably dropped down to about three degrees, maybe four. And, and so you, if you have the contacts and definitely keep your reputation clean, do right. not get a bad attitude. And, and, Dwayne and I have seen this recently that if you mm -hmm. cop a bad attitude, then you're not doing yourself any favors. Not at all. Not at all. It and that's not, and, and I'll be honest with you, this goes beyond wrestling because there's, I've seen other cases too, you know, but um, I'm not going to say any kind of names because like I said, we're not a gossip. We're not a gossip podcast, but right. we've seen, unfortunately, it doesn't take much to ruin yourself, but go look at the other organizations. Don't think that if it's if if it's WWE or AEW or nothing, no, you can always even if it's temporary, go go to an indie company. Yeah, you know, even if you have to work another job while you're doing it, you're still keeping your name out there. Especially if you've already made it to if you've already made it to the WWE once. That also means your name itself is going to be more valuable if you do try to go to one of the indie companies. Yep. You know, they'll, you know, so it'll it'll help your chances. So, but anyway, I better get off my soapbox because we'll be here all night. <laughs> <laughs> so, but uh, we do have some tentative plans for Monday's show, but until we get them finalized, yeah. uh, can't say anything yet. But. Uh, it, it is a possible interview. I will say that. And I'm actually very excited about it. Me too. Yep. So, uh, but I don't want to say any names yet, just in case somebody goes, Hey, they said they were going to do that interview. Yeah. And they you ain't. Know, life happens sometimes and you never know what, you know, what somebody's got going on. So we like to wait until everything's finalized before we, before we give details. Yep, because we had an interview scheduled for tonight, and unfortunately, it had to be postponed um, about an hour, hour and a half before we were set to record. So, yeah. but it happens. I mean, we um, we all have stuff we got to do, and you know, everybody has their priorities. And uh, if if you're working, and unfortunately, you might have to work later than what you were originally scheduled. Sometimes it happens. It's happened to me. It's happened to Dwaylen. Yep. You know, that, that, that's just called life. So we will work around things like that. We are very flexible and we, and we definitely understand, <laughs> but, uh, but until Monday, my friend, uh, we'll definitely be keeping up with this news because I didn't see any other alerts pop up about anybody being released while we were talking. So, yeah, I hadn't either, but tomorrow's a new day. So, you know, yeah, know. but 
all right, dude, until we find out something that's going on or until Monday, all right? Yeah, God bless. God bless, man.